From One of One Production Studio, located in Fort Lee, New Jersey, this is the Art of Music Tech. And now, here's your host, Fela and Dennis. Let's go, let's go, let's go, and welcome to the Art of Music Tech podcast. Um, here with my co-host, Dennis. What's up, guys? And I'm Fela. And today is a special guest and friend of ours, one Eric Ree. Eric is a co-owner of Point Seven Labs out of New York City, content creator, uh, my mentor on video and really got me into the, the, the video game. Um, Eric, so glad to have you on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> All right. Um, it, me and Eric, man, we met like eight, nine years ago now. Almost the whole time I've been in New York. Um, ended up working for your DJAV company, Rewind. College uh, business. Started, started in a dorm room. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. He's still uh, going, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> still, still going out of a dorm room somewhere. <laughs> How to, well, so it feels you, like a dorm. A New York City office feels like a dorm room. So. Oh yeah, it sure does. Yeah, it's just little walls that you know <laughs> you're you're constantly uh, churning out things out of. So uh, yeah, so the out of rewind, um, you've been entrepreneurial since the beginning. Rewind was your freshman year, right? Yeah, uh, actually sophomore year. Sophomore. All right. And how did that begin? Um, so I went to the University of San Diego the summer between freshman and sophomore year because my debate coach from high school invited me and he was like, hey, I'm teaching this SAT camp at the University of San Diego. So he's like, why don't you come down and I'll pay for your flight and give you like a thousand bucks. I was like, okay, that could, that's good beer money. <laughs> so I flew out and um, we were planning the night, the last night for the students and the debate coach was like, well, Maybe as an award for doing SAT camp, we should take him to the zoo. And I was like, I don't know about you, but, you know, after a week long of SAT camp, I don't really want to go to the zoo. Why don't we throw them a party? And he's like, well, your budget's a thousand bucks. And if you could make, you know, the music and everything happen for under a thousand bucks. So I started Googling places that would rent DJ equipment because I was like, I'll just DJ the party. Mm. Found a place in Santa Ana, California, two you hours been, away. You had been DJing before. Yeah, like, I had been DJing been... a little bit since. Yeah, yeah. since so you knew what equipment to yeah. rent. I knew I knew what equipment to rent, and I started Googling and found this place in Santa Ana, California, called Eden Audio. And Eden Audio called him up, and he's like, "We we give you the state of the art equipment." You know, he I think at the time he had like, you know, the Mackie. Uh, was it the Mackie SRM 450s? Yeah. Uh, with yeah. <laughs> the brand new American DJ CD system with the crossfader and uh, speed, you know, tempo and beat match thing. So I was like, how much does all this cost? And he's like, where are you based? And I was like, San Diego. He said, 500 bucks. Delivered? Yeah, delivered. And set up? Yeah, sure. So he, he uh, drives his gear down and it sets it up with like subs, tops, I mean, state-of-the-art equipment. So DJ the party. And then as he was wrapping up, I said, hey, your service and product is really good. Do you, do you have an East Coast office? Because I thought he was much bigger. And he goes, no. I said, okay. So then a few weeks later, I was like, well, 
I'm going back to college. What if I start the East Coast op- operations for you? And he's like, where would you put the gear? And I, where would you put the gear? And I said, I'll put it in my dorm room. I just need a little bit. I just need two speakers, a mixer, and and some CD players, and some microphones. So he actually drove the gear in a Chevy Trailblazer rental car across country, dropped off the gear on the day of my first gig at at my university, and that's how Rewind Rewind Whoa. started later. It was really Eden Audio at the time, but I actually ended up buying them out later. So that's how Rewind started. Is interesting. Yeah, and so yeah, that that was how I met Eric. Uh, doing DJ gigs, setting up for wedding DJs, and uh, traveling uh, to to uh, the Hamptons, doing all of the the high end weddings. Uh, I would I would uh, truck around because I had a car. That was the guy. What did you have, a Chevy Impala? <laughs> yes, I had a 2000 Chevy, huge Chevy Impala that could fit a lot of gear. That, <laughs> tr- that trunk was down. amazing. I remember that trunk. <laughs> it was. <laughs> what kind of speakers did you have back then? We had the Mackie SRM 450s. Oh, the yeah. same one? The Made in Italy version. That, yeah, which are a little heavier, but sounding Passive great. or active? Active. Active, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then later you got the QSCs, and yeah, so. You I still s- have, you have yeah. two sets of speakers now. We Three? have the, the K12.2 version 2 upgraded. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, That's yeah. the most important part, the speakers. <laughs> I really do think the speakers. It, it tells a lot about your brand is this type of speakers you set up with. So when I see these bozos true, using, true. like, Behringer, Behringer. I'm like... <laughs> Yo, don't ever hire that company. <laughs> no, but if you got RCF, if you got RCF or QSE, you're like, okay, yeah, these, these guys are probably legit. Yeah, doing something. I agree. Exactly. It's a quality. JBL, you're not really sure. You're kind of kind of in the middle. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Yeah, you're not sure. But where EAW, that's pro. EAW. E-A-W. Yeah, that starts it up. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. EAW. Agreed. We're at uh, hmm? House of Blues. They're six fifties. Um. Good mid-range, but I mean, well, now the technology is so next level with... Uh, mm-hmm. Even with QSC. Yeah, with line array and portable line arrays now, it's, it's just, yeah, it's gone to another level. Um, so, yeah, I met you through Rewind, but then while I was working for you, you had just finished the Kimchi Chronicles project. Um and that was how I got introduced to you about the video side of it. So could you tell us about that project and, and all yeah. that entailed? And, <clears throat> and actually how you got into that with Charlie and how that... <laughs> I mean, I was always a DJ and I thought this college business that I started for Rewind would be a nice side hustle. And with New York City rent and um, beer prices being so high, you have to have a side hustle. But my main job was producing television and i got that into that because um through rewind i dj'd a famous food and travel tv producer's daughter's birthday party named charlie and he ended up becoming my mentor and business partner on the tv side it's a long story but basically you know he had a project and he he wanted some help and i was in between jobs so i said sure i'll help out and the rest is history but DJ equipment rentals, 
Changed my life. Got you in the room. Changed your life. <laughs> but you still have rewind in point seven, though. So point seven is towards video content, and mm-hmm. rewind is still audio. Audio. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, get into who's in those projects again. Like what? And, and yeah. Um. So first show I ever worked on was a series with uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, Mari Batali, Mark Bittman, and Claudia Basols. It's a travel series through the country of Spain. Uh, started that in 2007, finished it in 2008, and really, that was just the craziest travel show. We were on the road for like 13 straight weeks. Wow. In Spain. In Spain, driving everywhere. We didn't fly anywhere. We we drove 10,000 miles, 10,000 kilometers on that production just for shooting it. So in Mercedes Benz. Probably like 5,000 miles, 6,000 miles. 6,000, yeah, Yeah. miles. So we started in one part of Spain and just did like a big circle. Charlie brought me on the project, and he's really the creative guy, and I sort of figured out my knack to focus on the business stuff. It was very entrepreneurial. I got to uh, experiment, got to try some things, fail, succeed. Felt like uh, a a true partnership that worked out for a good six, seven years. Uh huh. Yeah. I remember you were saying you bought cameras. I think you had those two Panasonic, right? Well, we bought that for a different project. I tried to start a website and uh, sort of news site called Korean Beacon. Mm -hmm. And so um, the story goes, well, this is more of a personal sort of development story, but basically not all, the, the, the Spain project wasn't all, you know, whipped cream and cherry on top. It was a lot of hiccups. A lot of hiccups, a lot of a lot of tears, a lot of fucking crazy things happened on that. Expected or unexpected? Both, I think. Mostly unexpected, but you know, the char you know, Charlie almost died on had like a bleeding ulcer and I had to call nine one one in Spain he had to get ambulance and I had to direct for three days and I never had directed before. Oh, um, had to speak another language and quickly learn how to connect on the cultural level. But, you know, some of the unexpected stuff was was mind-boggling because I just you just kind of do it and hopefully you make it and you have no plan. Um, one of the things that bothered me coming out of that project was, you know, I, I take my I take a, I have a lot of pride in the fact that I love technology and electronics. But when it came to camera equipment, I knew nothing. Um, and it was very clear that I knew nothing because nobody consulted me on any of the decisions. Um, it was a very sort of, uh, veterans type of conversation where, you know, the director and the DP, uh, would talk and with a lighting guy at a gaffer and they would make these decisions and I would listen in, but I didn't have any insight. So that bothered me that I couldn't add value to a conversation because I always like to be a part of conversations. And two, um, you know, the crew sort of treated me as, you know, when like a, a, a successful businessman or woman brings his son or daughter into the family business and nobody takes that person seriously. <laughs> oh, wow. So I felt like nobody took me seriously because I was just kind of the, the add-on. Um, so I felt like I had to prove my worth and... You know, certainly on the logistics side, I was able to, but 
and on the finance side. But on the technical side, nobody actually gave two shits what I knew and didn't know, and I didn't know much. So following that project, um, it, I made it a point to help start a company that uh, had a video component so I could go shoot it on my own. I could light it on my own. I can do the, I can make all the mistakes so that the next project that I'm on, I could say, okay, I've tried it and here's what I think and at least have an opinion. And so, you know, that's what led me to buy those two cameras and, and edit software was like, I, unless you do it and try it, you won't get it. And so finally, I agree. finally yeah. got able to do it and, found out that I wasn't good at it, but at least I could talk about it. And that's really what fueled me to at least earn the respect of the crew for future shoots. And so kind of a, it's one of those things like in basketball or, or sports, it's like people doubt you or people don't really know what your value is and you work on it in the off season, you know, whether it's the free free throw or the three point shot or, or defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I use sort of that Korean beacon experience to be sort of my off-season workout to work on the things that I didn't do well or didn't know before. And I think that ultimately um, drove my uh, passion and enthusiasm for production is investing in yourself to know the shit that you're supposed to know. Agreed, agreed. Hey, we bought those cameras from you, so we did <laughs> the same thing you did <laughs> yeah. uh, probably five years later, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, those same cameras same that we cameras. used on actually the first iteration of the Art of Music Tech, which and was we a actually video. yeah we actually <laughs> spent money on it and we got a return. So yeah. that's that's the idea. I, I mean, you know, my return was knowledge and network. Met a lot of people doing Chrome Beacon mm-hmm. and learned a lot. And then you know you, you have to start somewhere, and if you start with the uh, any kind of foundation, you can at least have a perspective. Versus I don't know. Never done that before, but you know when it then came to whether you use a, a one thousand dollar camera or a fifty thousand dollar camera, not that much is different when you talk about setting up shots, right? It's mm-hmm. the, it's getting used to the lingo, it's getting used to the idea, it's getting used to, you know, having an opinion. Um, so the biggest thing from going from a novice to a professional was always gaining that opinion, and it's okay to be wrong, but. Till this day, what drives me nuts when I work with people that want to grow in this industry is, I don't know, I'm like, well, you should at least have an opinion. And if you don't, come back to me tomorrow with an opinion. And do a research. And do your research. You don't have to own it. Just show a little... Show a little Discipline. Yeah. Discipline and, and, and shh. Curiosity. I think curiosity Curio- is yes. the biggest thing. Right? I agree. If you're I not agree. curious, you ain't gonna learn. Yeah. Uh yeah. I I think you you taught me that in moving here and uh I was basically your assistant for a little over a year. Uh, you're <laughs> so we spent a lot of time together every day for a while and uh and you, you taught me that entrepreneurial spirit of figure it out. Oh, well, you didn't know this? Well, Google it. It's like, oh, well, uh, oh. <laughs> Use the resource. <laughs> you, <laughs> I mean, everybody has it, but I had to like hear it from you to be like, well, why didn't you just, just figure that out? I was like, oh. <laughs> it took me a while to just be like, oh, just, just look up what I don't know and, and, and 
be able, yeah, to bring something to the table. Well, I found this out. What if we did it this way? And then, you know, yeah. So it, it was. Uh, it helps everybody. That was a lot of growth working with you because, man, we did. Uh, we ended up doing a coffee shop together in that year. I learned so much about business. Um, Good coffee? Yeah. Which we still drink in the studio. <laughs> and how to make the perfect cup of coffee with the pour-over method. Uh, <laughs> um, where did the entrepreneurial spirit come from from you? Was that from day one you, or you, you see it from your parents that you wanted yeah. to, to um, own your own business in the future? You know, it's not so much about owning your own business. It's And it's not a power thing. It's just um, I grew up ultimately what makes me want to be entrepreneurial is not the idea of selling a company or making lots of money. It's it's being able to own your time. I think uh, growing up I saw my father. He worked seven days. And I can't recall being disappointed because he had to put work over over me. I always feel like he was there for... Little League practice, Little League games, wrestling matches, water polo matches. I don't think he would have enjoyed coming to my debate tournaments because, <laughs> you know, policy That's debate so is a little weird. But I would say that it was that ability to give that to my kids that drives me to be an entrepreneur. Now, when you have to work for somebody else, I I hope culture will change. But it's like, I'll get my work done, but... You know, politics is is works against you in a, in a big corporation. It's, it's all about perception, right? So mm-hmm. you could produce, but, you know, you dip out early to go to your son's little league, people talk shit. <laughs> yeah. And I just never want to be in part of an environment where it's all show, um, you know. But uh, that ultimately drives me the most is I want to be able to not only be there for my daughter's, you know, activities and performances and, and matches but i'd like to i'd like to one-up my father and and actually try to coach one of those teams one day and i don't know how you right. do that unless you're uh an entrepreneur yeah you know? in charge of your own time i mean the one high school sorry the my little league coach he w- he worked for the fire department so you know he worked hard mm-hmm. but he knew that he had to work you know three 24-hour shifts and that was his schedule like he basically lived at the firehouse three days a week so that the rest of the time you could dedicate to little league and running a little league team so i see that i see um i see that the most successful people that you know i grew up with um were like doctors and lawyers and they're the ones that actually never showed up to the games so that actually deterred me from even pursuing uh medicine or law and so you know in some ways as much as I love the idea of building a big-ass company, uh-huh. um, I'm more interested in being able to own my time because that's the only currency that is... It's the highest value... How do you say this? I think time is the currency that's the most valuable to each person. and Can't get it back, can't buy it. Can't buy it, can't get it back, and you get every second once. We don't get this opportunity again. And so um, that idea of owning time is so vital. doesn't mean I don't want to work. I just want to work when 
I don't have to give up something important, right? Yeah. I'll work till midnight. I'll work till 2 a.m. when my kids are asleep. Uh-huh. But there's a window of 3 p.m. to like 5, 6 p.m. one day that I hope I can dip out and be there for them. Um, also, you know, we talk about vacation days. I don't necessarily, you know, consider myself ever off the clock. So, but when I'm traveling, I'm, I'm, I'm checking out for things. I'm looking for opportunities. It's not just, you know, I don't like beach vacations for that because I'm not learning, you know. I, I don't like to relax. I like to explore new cultures. I want to go to new countries, try new food because that's, that's again, like I can lie and rest. Someone said something interesting. It's like, you know, you'll get plenty of time to rest after you die. True. And True. So, <laughs> I've heard that quote, yeah. So I just feel like there's a lot there's a lot out there for us and you want to live it to its fullest and and my wife is actually a big proponent of living life to the fullest and will push the boundaries on like for example we're taking our kids to London in three weeks two weeks holy cow first international trip as a family of four seven hour flight we have no idea what's going to happen but are we nervous yes are we excited yes you know will our kids remember probably not but we will your older daughter will remember that at three and a half, you think? I don't know. It'll be a, it'll be a foggy memory yeah. at three. But she's three. pretty smart, so maybe she will remember. Yeah. But you know what the thing in today's world, like back then, like you know, we could take photos. <laughs> yeah, video. We show it to her. <laughs> yeah. And, and my ba- my dad and mom kept an album, you know, with physical photos, and they still have them to this day. Mm-hmm. And even if they don't remember it, them, mm-hmm. you know, sharing those memories with me five, ten years certainly forms what makes me happy and my values and my goals you know Mm -hmm. it's this idea of you know owning your time so you can be there for your kids but also creating these memory books nowadays we don't physically need a book it's it's a you know it's it's a iphone iphoto album or for us it's a google photo book but reliving those things you know that's the key to happiness is like have you created enough memories where you can go back and relive it and be proud of your accomplishments and if you have nothing to share for or show for um if you have nothing to show for your accomplishments you know it doesn't come in the form of a trophy it's it's actually through these photos that we capture and uh for me you know if we could fill up that book to the best of our ability i think that's my wife and my goal is you know share that so that when they have kids they can sort of feel empowered and excited for, you know, one-upping us. Maybe it's, oh, you know. Oh, yeah. It's always getting better. Always getting better. Agree. Uh, but that, uh, so you're you're going on the trip and you said you're still checking out emails and learning. Uh, did you plan any specific places you want to visit and try food? I like to, um, so my... Uh, experience as a food and travel producer was always to not use guidebooks, you know, <laughs> or sort of like the sniff it out on your own. So, uh-huh. uh, good stories. I met a friend the other day for lunch in um, Midtown, and he's on 46th and Avenue of the Americas. It's, it's like the heart of corporate America meets tourism, right? Yep. Like Radio City, all that <laughs> stuff. Audits. Rockefeller um, Center. Yeah. Rockefeller. So he invites me to his office, and then we were like, let's go get lunch. And I was like, oh, what's around here? And I see a Chick-fil-A in one corner across the street. There's a Pret-a-Manger. <laughs> and I think there was um, 
McDonald's on the other side. So I was, and I was like, oh, and a, a Europa Cafe. So I was like, man, none of these, like, none of this stuff is exciting. And then I see on the, out of my left corner, like, one or two stores down from Pret-a-Manger was this little old-looking Italian sort of deli market, like, faded sign in green, red, and uh, white. And I was like, Christian, why don't we go over there? He's like, what is that? Have you been there? I was like, this guy's been working in this office for a year or two. And he's never heard of this market, even though it's next to the Pret-a-Manger that he goes to. So we walk over, and it's like this hole-in-the-wall Italian deli. Guy in the front, cash only, hot buffet in the back, cold cuts in the front. And I was like, this is the kind of place that I would eat at. It's probably not in a guidebook somewhere, but it's a family-run business that has a tradition. Mm-hmm. And all I'm doing is tapping into tradition at that point, right? The food might suck. It might not be good. I still remember it was a cash business. And he's like, what do you have? And I said, cold uh, cold Italian with, uh, I think I had a seltzer bottle. He's like, that's $11. And then I was, um, my, my buddy in line got, a, got the same thing. And he goes, uh, cash only. And my friend only had six bucks. And I think I had four extra dollars. And he's like, ah, just give me 10. And the owner of the business or whoever at the front was like, all right, you know, that's it. I mean, there's no... There's no protocol. It was just like, take yeah. your sandwich and go. <laughs> and But, you know, the, the energy in that place was purely, purely old school and tradition driven. And I love that, you know. Did you like the food? Did you like the sandwich? Sandwich was good. Amazing, I ate the whole right? sandwich. Oh, okay. And, um, you know, was it the best Italian? No, but was it a, a, a pretty unique experience that day in that circumstance? You know, heck yeah. yeah. I mean, Instead I, of going to McDonald's. So. Yeah. <laughs> if I went to Pret a Manger, I don't think that, that meal will be as memorable. I don't think I'd be telling you the story. Yeah. But, you know, whether it's audio or video or just my personal life, it's all about storytelling. It's all about living that story that you want to write. And, and sometimes that gets, you know, inspired by different things, unexpected and expected. And so for me, um, I always like to push that boundary and be like, let's let's try something that nobody else is thinking about. And I think that if you translate that philosophy to all everything that you do, mm-hmm. yes, you'll get in trouble sometimes, but all ultimately it adds to the adventure of, you know, I've never taken four kids on a flight or two kids on a flight <laughs> uh, to London. You know, I've been to London, but uh, when I went, it was for work, and now it's completely different. Yeah. Uh, responsibility. Responsibility and, and lens. You know, uh-huh. I have to look for all the kid friendly stuff. And so, where we stay is not necessarily the best hotel, but what's closest to the park, because I know that there's, a, you know, stuff in the park to do and it's nice. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those things where that's curiosity. What, do you, what are you curious about? I'm, I'm curious to find the one interesting place that to eat around this neighborhood that, you know, is otherwise not called Pret-a-Manger, McDonald's, or Chick-fil-A. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've had some epic meals I've had with you. Uh, with <laughs> and you cooked at home some, yeah. some great food. Oh, yeah. Barbecue. Oh, yeah, the Korean barbecue. Oh. Not as good as your, your, your mom's carrot cake. I, I still think that's... <laughs> That's that's an adventure in and of itself. I, I agree too. The, my mom's the carrot cake. cake. My mom's carrot cake is is pretty dope. I tried to make it once. She gave me the recipe and and I made it. She's like, eh, it's okay. <laughs> I was like, you're right. It's just okay. I mean, it's not even close. 
yeah, yeah. Even though I use exactly the recipe that she she just <laughs> in Korean they say there's something called sonman. It's like the taste of the hand, mm-hmm. and, ah, and so exactly. I feel like you know two people can cook the same thing, but yeah. the way they personal touch, touch, yeah, that personal touch makes a big difference. Yeah, um, yeah, stuff stuff like that that inspired me with even with twenty three DV is just. Telling stories about the gear we like, we just I just took it in another, <laughs> another, another uh, away, and actually even my mom is a part of this. She does the VO for this, so she <laughs> makes cakes doing VO. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I get to use all the stuff that we're passionate about on um, on a business, and that that's what I like about it as well. It's just like oh. I, I like this thing and I know that I'm, I could be pretty good at it and just going after it. Like you said, on the days, you know, <laughs> when on your personal time, if you do have to do another job, you know, I, and that was what I learned while, while working with you. And that was why I wanted to have you on. I mean, it, we're not talking about audio, but there's different aspects to starting a business and the people that you run across that may not just be in audio or this, that, and the other, but I was open and we ended up meeting and, and it's, it's been an opened up so many, an amazing friendship, you know, with, with, and then I met Eric Propeller. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, the power of stories that you, you always talk about. And, uh, and we, we take great food and great food. Yeah. yeah. I've tried. (laughs) Yeah, uh, all the great food, coffee, and uh, uh, um, high-dollar liquor that I, I've gotten to try with you. So <laughs> I think it came from curiosity, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you being curious about it. Yeah, I mean, you have to be curious. And if you're curious with other curious people, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful thing. You know, you guys are curious about things. I'm curious about things. That leads to the tasting of liquor or food, or Uh music, or tech, right? We're Uh curious to get each other's perspective. Why? Because we're not know-it-alls. We're not, you know, we don't even want to know it all. Yeah, you don't want to, yeah. We just want to connect. It's it's really just to connect and say, hey, there's something here that we're both really interested in. Let's just talk about it and bond. I mean, the human connection and human interaction is, is a necessity. And... I think the people that get along will connect over the right things. If you talk to me about, you know, uh, expensive sneakers, you know, my business partner's really into nice sneakers, and I'm like, I try to find stuff for under 50 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> because I just don't, I don't really understand. But I will not skimp on a pair of headphones or <laughs> a speaker or, you know, or even, you know, a cell phone. You know, to me, those are the things that I'm curious about is how do I get the best out of the things that I care about? But, you know, they make the entire experience better, too. And I think they it'll make you more money, too. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. what I think someone. So a good friend of mine, Daniel Kim, Deep Fried Productions, told me something. And he was always like, you know. It's not about money. It's always about time. So he, I get the, you know, the idea of time. But another guy, he uh, he truly believes, is a guy named Kyle. He's 
wealthy and successful venture capitalist, but he goes, you know, at every given moment, at any given moment, you have the right amount of money that you're supposed to have. It's kind of a refreshing way to think about it. If, mm-hmm. if you say to yourself, "Hey, at any given moment, I have the right amount of money, or I have the amount of money that I'm supposed to have," you start thinking differently. Instead of saying, "I don't have enough money," or "I have all this money," if you say to my to 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 me,、um, "Like, are we living, breathing? Stuff might not be doing so well, but maybe it's all for a reason." I'd like to believe that. You know, there's a higher power that is watching over us, but at the same time, when it comes down to something tangible such as money, I sort of always think about the idea that whether you're in debt or didn't get a business deal or got a huge business deal, I actually am starting to believe that any given moment you have exactly what you need. What you deserve too. Perhaps, right? It's a function of、uh-huh. a.、Uh, there's a function of. Skill. There's a function of luck. There's a function of you know relationships, and so I think some combination of all that contributes to where you stand. And so yes, till this day, like I own a house, probably supposed to own that house. I have credit card debt, probably supposed to have that credit card debt because if I didn't, maybe it makes me less disciplined, right? Own some stocks, even though I have debt. None of this makes sense. There's no. Algorithm, and if you're a financial planner listening to this, you're probably freaking out, saying, "You have no financial plan. You sound pretty, you know, little little loopy." But I think honestly, like, you need some debt, you need some equity, you need some assets, you need some liabilities. I, you know, from it that those are all the things that drive you. And so, you know, you work hard to pay that debt off, but you also、mm-hmm. can sleep at night because you own the house that's over your head. You know, you lease one car, you buy the other one. I, you know, like it's one of those things where, like, yeah, you spend money on a vacation, but then you don't buy two hundred dollars sneakers or five hundred dollars sneakers. You know, sacrifice. I, I think it's balance. Balance. Okay. I think there's a balance to everything, and I think that people who are greedy either for money or for handouts suffer from that. I think Faye and I were talking the other day, but you know, entitlement is no good. Curiosity and a desire to,、um, desire to just push yourself. Then I think it's it's almost like what's that one thing? It's like、um, if you're doing a a balancing. So what is it? if you're doing a tightrope walk, right?、Uh, if you go to the circus and you see the the tightrope walk, like if you overdo it on one side, you're gonna fall. If you underdo it on one side, you're gonna fall. You're gonna fall. And if you fall, maybe you're supposed to fall so that it saves your life for the next time when you think about stuff. You know, you may get injured though. You may get injured. You may learn from the experience. Honestly, like even Kevin Durant, who just blew his Achilles heel playing, and he still got his. He got his. He got a max contract, even though he has. And and honestly, like I know in my mind, I'm like, it's all good. He's not in New York necessarily to play basketball. He's in New York to launch a media company too. So the next year he's gonna work out and he's gonna continue to make content. He's a businessman. He's in New York to do that,、mm-hmm. right? And he doesn't have to compete with LeBron in LA in his business. So I'm like, hey,、mm. you know what? What what's gonna help KD long term in his entire future? Is it an Achilles injury that launches his media company by being in New York, or would it have been another NBA championship? 
Golden State. And I think about that and I say, honestly, KD, like you are welcome to work on your rehab and the next spend the next year looking at business and meet with all the right people in New York and build your network, then go play for another year, two or three. And that's what LeBron is doing is he's got people running different parts of his brand, making money on all parts of his brand. And so for me, you got to take what's coming to you and own it and lean into it. I, the more I think about it, it's like I lean into things the more rather than feeling like, oh, man, I missed that. Or, hey, I should have done that. You know, I'm like now I'm like, this is the card that I was dealt. Now, what, what, what's the what's the play? Mm-hmm. And so um, I think keeping your composure, understanding that the world will help you recalibrate if you lose your balance as far as long as you're focused on on you and and focusing on calibrating yourself but the world is there to help you you just can't can't think you're above it or below it and and i feel bad for those who feel like they're below it because i think there are people out there that want to help but not if you don't try not if you're not curious so for me i feel like the biggest opportunity in life is get to that point where no matter what you can balance and teeter back and forth good and bad and i think you'll generally be happy that way um balance balance (laughs) sometimes we call it neutral but yeah Yeah, neutral neutral to me is a little opinionless i Uh, think okay (laughs) but there's a book uh by a vietnamese french monk named um tic tat huynh or something like that i'm messing up his name but there's a book called peace in every step or peace is every step And um, the main philosophy behind meditation and a little bit of Buddhism is the idea of being able to appreciate the the moment, the current moment. So um, rather than thinking too far in the future or about yesterday, it's like if there's a flower in front of you right now, can you appreciate it? And most people be like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Yes. But if you can't appreciate that flower. Yeah. You got to work on leaning into things in life and understand that, you know, you're either going to never appreciate anything or you're going to appreciate the wrong things and it's going to lead you down this path. But, well, I still need to work on it. But sometimes I see a flower and I'm like, wow, like we're living, breathing. That plant is living, breathing. We live in a world where we're alive and anything is possible. Right? Yeah. And so... Other times, I, I, I don't even think about the flower. But if you always boil it down to even this moment, the three of us being able to do this without worrying about anything bad happening, you know, or more importantly, you know, waiting to this moment to have this conversation. We all learned something from it, hopefully. But I think everything happens for a reason, good and bad. We're looking forward to it, though. So yeah. we saw you last week and you say you'll come back. So yeah. here we are again. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Yeah. Thank you so much, Eric. Um, that was fantastic. That, I mean, that's kind of a, a look into our backgrounds of video, where we get our ideas and equipment for from that I get to borrow from him since we live so close. Uh, <laughs> um, so what's next for Point Seven Labs? Let's just start wrapping I this mean, up. <clears throat> um, 0.7 Labs, I mean, hopefully we'll produce a couple shows um and you know we're looking for interesting partnerships that help us change the game of content a little bit you know we can we can do brand films but 
Um, I had a really good meeting today with a, a friend of mine that I haven't talked to in many years. Um, he's got this cool sort of media company that is in the culture space and looking forward to having a conversation on how we can do some new things in content. So yeah. that and, um, you know, Growing Pains is a small company, figuring out your identity, you know, figuring out cash flow, oh, yeah. figuring out um, the team and the resources and the right clients. It's an ongoing thing, but again, trying to live it day by day while still being strategic for the future but you know everyone every, you know you can't ever have a conflict free situation you just you got to lean into it and say okay yeah get into it hit the reset button hit the rewind button or whatever you got to do yeah <laughs> the rewind button yeah um yeah, yeah that's another great thing you, you taught me about partnering up with people and and how to to bring um, value with you, you know, you bringing it and seeing how it can work for both parties. And, and that definitely helped us propel in a lot of ways, too, just seeing you do it. And I was like, oh, okay, what if I just hit up this company <laughs> and see if they're interested? You can just ask. You never know. And, and for us, it, it, it's paying off a lot, you know, just going to conventions and doing that kind of thing. So, uh, where can people find you or get in touch with your company? Because you, you also still have Rewind going, which it's, get, give all the, the social info. Oh, for that. yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, for video work, people can hit up Point Seven Labs, www.pointsevenlabs.com. Um, and then for Rewind, audio, DJ, rental, equipment, services, and production is just www.rheewind.com and uh, my Instagram is just a food and that's just r-h-e-e-w-i-n-d alright well we'll have all that in the summary as well mm -hmm. uh, but thank you so much Eric thank Reed you guys Point seven Labs great friend of one of one productions and 23 DV productions uh, live from the One of One Production studio, studio in Fort Lee, New Jersey. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, please share with a friend uh, the Art and Music Tech podcast available on pod, uh, on iTunes, Spotify, uh, YouTube, um, all, all the good stuff, iHeartRadio. Um, thank you for listening and let's go. Let's go. For more information of booking 23DB Productions, visit their website at 23dbproductions.com. Like and follow 23DB Productions at Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter for the latest work.